Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Once again, the Bays team is the best team, the Golden State Warriors. Welcome back to another episode of Strength in Numbers. Brandon Cadiz here, and the last time we spoke to you all, the Warriors were getting ready for game number four, trying to tie the series up at two games apiece, and they did exactly that, followed by an amazing game five performance, a truly a strength in numbers when Steph Curry was off after he went for an amazing Game 4, we'll talk about Curry's Game 4, what happened in Game 5 for Steph, a little struggling, of a little struggles there on the offensive end, but defensively, Steph was on point, Wiggins was on point, Wiggins was the key player there in Game 5 to help the Warriors get the victory, Klay Thompson is starting to find his stride, and of course, Game 6, Clay. will we see him tomorrow, we're going to relive some of Game 6 Clay's best Game 6's in his career. Let's rewind a little back to game number 4. I said that I was going to be at the watch party at Chase Center. It was electric. It was lit. It felt like an actual game was being played there. Great halftime show. The crowd was filled. It, It seemed like a playoff game was happening. And... It was a back and forth contest, back and forth, back and forth, all the way up till that fourth quarter where the Warriors finally took the lead, built on it, and Steph hit some big clutch shots there in the third and fourth quarters. Steph finished with 43 points in that contest, of course, shooting 50% from three, 7 of 14 to be exact for Steph. He also had a total of 10 rebounds and 4 assists, and that was game after game. For everyone saying that the finals MVP is at the hands of Stephen Curry. That third quarter by Steph was amazing in itself. He had 14 points, 4 of 5 from beyond the arc, 5 of 7 from the field, and that quarter alone led the Warriors and helped them head into that fourth quarter with a one point lead, 79 to 78. And Steph followed his third quarter Curry flurry with a 10 point. Fourth quarter performance, 2 of 4 from the field, 1 of 1 from beyond the arc, and he was 5 of 6 from the free throw line there as the Warriors close it out, secure the game 4 victory there by the final score of 107 to 97, a 10 point win, and they were looking to go to game 5, try to get and give Boston their first back-to-back losses since January of the 2022 calendar year. So that's about six months since the Celtics lost back-to-back games heading into game five. But to captivate that game number four, Steph in the first half, only two for eight from the three-point line, but he came back in the second half scoring 24 points and shot five of six from beyond the arc. So what a performance by Steph in the second half of game number four. Only missed one three-pointer and tallied 24 points in the second half. After that dagger three late in the fourth quarter, where it was a two-man game between Steph and Draymond, Draymond found Steph and hit that 
fadeaway three-pointer over Derek White. The entire arena at Chase Center at the watch party went off. They were popping. They were all on their feet. And you can see that video that I tweeted out from the watch party on my Twitter at bcadiz0. You can also follow our podcast page on Twitter at dubs underscore strength. Game 6, of course, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Thursday at the TD Garden. And the Golden State Warriors are actually underdogs, three and a half point underdogs. And on the money line, Boston minus 165. That's courtesy of our sponsor, Bet Online. And our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. What really stood out to me in that game number four when last week's episode of the podcast, I said Steve Kerr needed to throw the different defensive looks at the Boston Celtics and not play zone for entire quarter, switch things up. And I think we saw different coverages, different looks. Like I said, man to zone the traps and blitzes. And they held Jason Tatum to 8 of 23 shooting from the field for 23 points. He had to shoot 23 times to just get 23 points. I also think they did a pretty solid job on Jalen Brown, who finished 9 of 19 in game number 4 for 21 points. Marcus Smart, of course, 7 of 18 from the field for 18 points. So their shot attempts were basically close to the amount of points they actually scored in the game. So that's great to see for the Golden State Warriors. And they headed into game number five with momentum. Klay Thompson had 18 points and was 4 of 10 from beyond the arc in game number four. But Andrew Wiggins, man, he had a career high in rebounds, 17 points, 16 rebounds, and a lot of great offensive rebounds there late in game number four in the fourth quarter couple of tips to keep the Warriors in the contest and Kevon Looney too. He had six points, 11 rebounds, four total Mm -hmm. offensive boards there for Loondog in game four and both Looney and Wiggins really showed up for the Warriors in game number five but especially two-way wigs. Andrew Wiggins started off hot. He nailed a nice little step back jumper early on, a contested jumper, and he nailed a little floater to start it off. Wiggins had seven early points in that first quarter, really building off that momentum he had in game four. Seven points and four rebounds in the first quarter alone, and the Warriors had a 27-16 to lead in the first. Everything was going for the Warriors there. They did a great job of pre-switching early on and Draymond Green really helped as the low man and also being just able to help and recover as a help defender. In the first quarter, Jalen Brown had attempted already eight shots, two of eight, and he had four points alone in that first quarter. Draymond, I think, had a really great bounce back game. You know, there was that play with a 
fake dribble handoff and Draymond threw it down. He really got things going in the first quarter. And like I said in the last podcast, I think his offense will really help him develop his defense. And the last stat that I said from the last game is when Draymond Green hits a three-pointer, the Warriors are 19-1 regular season and postseason included. And Draymond, of course, did not hit a three in game number five. Let's see how many three attempts he had. 0 for 2 from beyond the arc. But, you know, that fake dribble handoff and that dunk. And also the one play where he dove into the stands going after a loose ball. We saw early that Draymond Green was back. And he finished with only 8 points. Not the biggest offensive uh, output for Draymond Green uh, coming from him. But his defense really stepped up. He did a great job communicating off ball. And when Draymond Green really gets into the game on the defensive end, that energy translates to the rest of the team. I think Andrew Wiggins was great again on the defensive side. Um, We remember after game four when Wiggins had 17 points and 16 rebounds, Draymond made a comment on the Draymond Green podcast that him and Steph looked at Wiggins after the game in the locker room and you know Steph being the more quiet guy uh, he looked at Wiggins he was thinking in the back of his mind that this athletic freak in his entire career his highest amount of rebounds before game number four was only 11 and Draymond said it man only 11 rebounds with all that athleticism and Wiggins came into him and say, hey, yeah, I know, I need to step it up. And he stepped it up in game four with 16 rebounds, but Wiggins came back in game number five to almost match that exact total with 26 points, 13 rebounds for two-way Wiggs, who was also amazing on the defensive end. And Andrew Wiggins is leading this Warriors team in rebounding here in the NBA Finals which is just great to see for the kid. And numerous podcasts from the Warriors 24-7 podcast that I hosted to now in Strength and Numbers. We just, just seen the development from Andrew Wiggins when he first got here in the D'Angelo Russell trade. He's really living up to the amount of money and the expectation that he has as the number one overall pick. He's really shining here in the NBA Finals. And when he first got traded, a lot of Warriors fans uh, resonated to the fact that, hey, if we can just get a Harrison Barnes type of guy, then we'll be fine. But in my opinion, and it's not a hot take anymore because he's really showed up in the Western Conference Finals and now in the NBA Finals, he's consistent. And that's something Harrison Barnes was not. Andrew Wiggins is the guy that can drop 15 to 20 points every single night and play great defense. And I'm so glad the Warriors did not pull the trigger to trade for guys like Bradley Beal, DeMontis Sabonis, even Miles Turner. And keeping the young guys, keeping the rookies, they're being able, the Warriors are able to build for the future while also competing. And they're only one win away, guys. Dub Nation, one win away, the Golden State Warriors are from getting their fourth NBA title in the past eight seasons to give ring number four for the big three in Steph, Clay, and Draymond Green. Just think about that. Think about what the Warriors were that season they drafted James Wiseman. Think about what they were when they lost in the play-in tournament. Think about where you were, Dub Nation fans, the listeners to this podcast. 
Would the Warriors be even back in the NBA Finals this quickly? Did you think the Warriors were going to come back and after Clay comes back, you know, the issues of the team chemistry, how would that fit? Draymond was out for how long? Steph ended the regular season with, you know, that last couple of months with that injury from Marcus Smart diving onto his foot. Would everything mesh in time for the NBA playoffs? And that past just experience with a big three together has really played a factor. And now we're just one win away, guys, from having the fourth title in the past eight seasons. The first NBA Finals victory, the first trophy coming to San Francisco in the Chase Center. All I got to say is Game 5 was a big strength in numbers win. The Boston Celtics came back in that third quarter, outscored the Warriors 35-24. Normally, that third quarter is the Warriors' quarter. The Warriors are a second-half team, and the Warriors' largest lead was at 16 points. But Boston came clawing, and the Warriors had to close it out there in the fourth quarter. You know, the Celtics have been a team to not give up, and the Warriors are that team too. They're not just going to fall down after you knock them out. No, they're going to be that fighter to come up, come back up after that uh, knockdown of the 8 count, the 10 count, whatever it is in boxing. They're going to come back out swinging, and that's exactly what happened. And it was almost deja vu. It gave game one vibes again in that third quarter. And I will admit, I my palms were sweaty. I was stressed out. But until the third quarter, the end of that third quarter, a momentum shifting shot. Andrew Wiggins grabs the rebound, dribbles in traffic with about two seconds left. And Jordan Poole is uh, leaking down the sideline, puts up a prayer off the backboard three, giving the Warriors a one-point lead there, heading into the final frame. There's just so many players to shout out. Gary Payton II had a very quiet 15 points right off of the bench. He was amazing. He had a total of five rebounds and three steals. GP2's best game since coming back, in my opinion, and shot a three-pointer there from the corner. The three-point corner specialist, of course, in GP2. Not in game number five. Didn't see too many minutes here for Nemanja Bjelica. Just under four minutes for Nemanja, but he put, has played great defense in the previous two games there, in game three and game four on Jason Tatum. And, you know, he was talked about being a defensive liability, but he's really stepped up. And heading into the game four, I called for more Bjelica minutes. Of course, you know, I said that Steve Kerr pulled the plug too early on Kevon Looney and Gary Payton II, but you know, there have been key factors here in game five, especially GP2, as I mentioned. And then Jordan Poole off the bench. I just mentioned his big three pointer there to close off the third quarter, but Jordan Poole finished with 14 points in 14 minutes off of the bench. Three three pointers for JP, who really had to pick it up for the struggling Steph Curry. And after a great game number four performance for Steph, he came out with 16 points, 0 of 9 from beyond the arc. It's his first NBA playoff game in which he did not hit a single three-pointer. Shot 7 of 22 from the field for Steph, but he had 8 assists 
four rebounds and two steals and a big key was to one turnover only and he made this play early on where he had two defenders on him even robert williams the third he did a little bounce pass to his left onto draymond green who got the easy layup there in the first quarter so he was facilitating early got his teammates involved and the warriors offense was really swinging the ball around and in this contest the warriors only had six turnovers believe it or not to the boston celtics 18 turnovers and like we said the warriors really got to capitalize off of those points off turnovers and the warriors did 22 to 9 my key here coming into the nba final series is you got a running gun against the boston celtics not let their half court defense set up and this is what happened in game number five and it's the boston's first back-to-back -back losses in the playoffs in the regular season since january 19th to 21 had an off day there on january 20th so they lost on january 19th and then on january 21st and haven't lost since then so the warriors trying to close it out in boston in game six and give boston a three-game losing streak to end their season now what really stood out to me was who the Warriors were going to pick their poison with. Was it going to be Jalen Brown or was it going to be Jason Tatum? That was the talk of last podcast. And I said, you really got to force the pressure on Jalen Brown. And there was a great article, game recaps that I always love from Joe Veray NBA on Twitter. You should check him out. He um, broke down how Draymond Green and the scouting report there by the Golden State Warriors really took a look and forced Jalen Brown to go to his left. He's a little slower more uncomfortable when he blows by and tries to put his head down he doesn't explode as well on his left side to his right and you know they forced middle penetration and tried to build a wall it was great analysis there by uh joe Veray. had even the clip of what he was talking about so basically they forced the wall there allowed middle penetration draymond green slid on the help defense as i said earlier draymond was great as the low man as the help defender down low and i think that article also said that the warriors and draymond green forced um boston to only shoot 14 percent of their shots in the paint there in game number six which is amazing and really low from the nba leading amount of paint points that the boston celtics had in the regular season heading into the nba finals so great job there by the Warriors scouting report, the scouting department, their defensive head coaches to put the ball in the hands of Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, you know, struggled there. Jalen Brown had five turnovers, Marcus Smart with four, and Jason Tatum with four of his own. So their big three combined for 13 turnovers of their, what was it again, their total turnovers in this contest was 18. So 13 of their 18 turnovers came from those big three key players. And Jalen Brown, 5 of 18 from the field. But Jason Tatum and uh, Marcus Smart really got things going. They shot basically 50% from the field. 27 and 10 and 4 for Jason Tatum and 20 points and two assists and three rebounds for Marcus Smart. So the Warriors did their job on Jalen Brown, and it was just amazing to see this Warriors defense that I think is always underrated throughout their championship runs. Of course, when Kevin Durant was on the team, that brought their level of defense to another 
other level as well. The chase down blocks the help, the recovery on the weak side by uh, Kevin Durant. You know, there was that time where the Warriors um, had Kevin Durant in contention of being an MVP and also potentially a defensive player of the year. And now this season with Draymond Green being out, the Warriors still had a pretty good defense there. You know, Andrew Wiggins, Kevon Looney, and his switchability that we've mentioned now. Uh, we saw it in the Houston series back in 2018. Now in this 2020 playoff run, whether it was John Moran or Luka Doncic, he held his ground in what a lot of other teams Think of him as a defensive liability. Absolutely proved them wrong. Of course, Gary Payton the second in his signing has been amazing. You know, that defense on John Morant before he went out and Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown in these NBA Finals. Just amazing for GP2 there on the defensive end as well. That's all I have on the defensive end. What I really want to talk about, though, before we end this podcast is Game 6 clay and his ability to go off at any moment and a lot of people always bring the four games or the three games before the memphis game six here in the 2022 run this season is the oklahoma city game the houston game and the Toronto NBA Finals game, of course, and now Memphis in round number two. But Clay has actually played a total of 12 game sixes in his career. You know, he wasn't known as game six Clay until, of course, game number six against OKC in 2016. But let me give you Clay's numbers in 12 game sixes in his playoff career 20.7 points, 4.5 rebounds, 1.4 assists. Shooting 44.6% from the field, 49.5% from beyond the arc, 85% from the free throw line. And he also averages a steal and a block, so doing things on the defensive end as well. But yes, let's relive it to when Game 6 Clay originated. We gotta throw it back to the 2016 Western Conference Finals. Of course, Warriors were down 3-1 into that series, brought it up all the way to 3-2, and tied it up against OKC, of course, and that KD, Russell Westbrook-led team. Klay Thompson, 41 points, 14 of 31, 45% from the field, 11 from 18 from beyond the arc. Of course, an NBA record for playoff threes in a single game where he surpassed Ray Allen, who hit 10 threes in a game twice in his NBA playoff career, 61% from beyond the arc, and a 64% true shooting percentage. 2018 Western Conference Finals there. Klay Thompson ties it up in game number six to force a game seven against the Rockets where he had 35 points, 13 of 23 from the field, 57% shooting, 9 of 14 from beyond the arc, and a 76% true shooting percentage, a plus 32. That's Klay Thompson's best plus minus in game number six in his career. Of course, a bittersweet moment. Clay was rolling in the NBA Finals in 2019 against the Toronto Raptors. 30 points, 8 of 12, 67% shooting, 4 of 6 from 3, and 92% true shooting percentage. And of course, before Danny Green and what happened there in Game 6 where Clay tore his ACL. Of course, I think he was a great performance, but what really spoke to his grittiness was his ability to come in and shoot those two free throws. I remember that. Oracle was buzzing because we thought he was going to stay in the game. Of course, we, we know what happened later in that. Warriors lose that game in game number six. 
Fast forward now, missing two years from the playoffs and in 2022 round number two in the Western Conference against the Memphis Grizzlies, close out game six, Clay Thompson, 30 points, 11 of 22 from the field, 50%, 8 of 14 from beyond the arc, 57% shooting there from three, and 68% total shooting percentage, true shooting percentage, excuse me, at plus 14. That is game six, Clay, and we hope to see him show up as well again in game number six of the NBA Finals. I don't think the Warriors lose game number six. I don't want to see them come back here for game seven at the Chase Center. I want to see them come back with a Larry O'Brien in hand. No one wants to see another game seven on Father's Day. We, of course, remember what happened in 2016. Warriors are 0-1 in NBA Finals on Father's Day 2016, where the Warriors blew the 3-1 lead, of course. But no negative juju here. I think Steph Curry does not have that bad of a as bad of a game as he had there going 0 for 9 from beyond the arc. I think everything clicks for the Golden State Warriors. They're clicking at the right time. Clay and Wiggins are on heaters, and Steph had that one bad game. Draymond looks to be back defensively, and of course, Kevon Looney is solid there on the offensive rebounding and, as always, giving those second-chance opportunities for the Golden State Warriors. And Steve Kerr... Um, was It was an interesting uh, choice, of course, to go with Otto Porter Jr. in the starting lineup for back-to-back -back games. We'll see if he sticks with that or if he brings Kevon Looney in. But in the past two games, when he has started Otto Porter Jr., Boston has lost the last two games. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Stick with that starting lineup, in my opinion. Let's send those leprechauns home. You know, today Jalen Brown said in the press conference that they do not fear the Golden State Warriors in Game 6. Their season is on the line and the Warriors don't scare them. We also had that one restaurant in Boston, Game Up or Game On, whatever restaurant, double down and say that Aisha Curry can't cook, had those signs up. They were selling those shirts that said that. Of course, after Game Number 5, Steph in the press conference wore the Aisha Curry can cook shirt and Steph said that he sees all those things he remembers all of these things and that he is the petty king and of course Steph remembers all of these things he hears the noise just like any other player and I think Steph bounces back he has a great performance and that Steph and the Warriors close it out in six games tomorrow night at the TD Garden the 75th anniversary between two great and original finals in the Two original NBA teams here is what I meant to say in the NBA Finals, and it will end in six games with Steph hoisting his first NBA Finals MVP. Let's see if all of that comes true, and hopefully the next time I talk to you all, the Warriors have got their fourth NBA title in the past eight seasons go dubs and dub nation enjoy this because as we know we never know when the warriors will be back in the nba finals again but i feel pretty pretty good pretty high i'm on cloud nine and you know going with bonte hills uh arrogance meter i feel like i'm at a level 10 here the warriors have a chance to close it out tomorrow and as always, guys, thanks for tuning in to this episode. You can follow me 
on Twitter at bkitty0 and our podcast page, of course, at dubs underscore strength. Now you can also follow me on TikTok at bkitty0, same as my Twitter handle. I actually put out a Game 6 Clay TikTok, you know, looking back at all the Game 6 Clay performances like I did on this podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And as always, this show is presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 